What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 80 of the Around the Crease podcast. This week, I have Coach Chris Garland from Detroit Country Day and Juice Cherries on as our guest, along with Michael Ward. And this week, we're doing part two of our podcast, where we kind of talk about, one, the differences between high school and club lacrosse, and then also kind of discuss what is the possibility of a spring lacrosse program creeping up and actually being successful. So we get all of that into this week's episode and more. And we're starting now. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, Round the Crease podcast. As usual, I have my co-host, Michael Ward, with me tonight. And then, you know, this is a first time for me. We have Coach Garland. It's a third-time guest. We've never had anybody on here three times in a few years I've been doing the podcast. So you're you're making history here, Coach. That's great. I love talking to you guys. Every, everybody, we always get great feedback whenever uh, you're on. Everybody, everybody loves hearing your, your point of view. Um, and I'm excited tonight because this is kind of a part two. We, we talked with... Uh, Coach K and Coach Benajis, um a couple weeks ago about the kind of the some of the topics we'll be discussing tonight. So I'm excited to hear your your feedback tonight. Um, and I think this first question is pretty much right up your alley uh, because obviously you you coach high school, you coach club, <laughs> so you, you you straddle both lines. And you know I've talked with some coaches in the past before, but you know that was that was a number of years ago, and I think the landscape has probably changed a little bit. But you know how do you kind of see the dynamics between or the purposes for high school versus the purpose for club? I think high school is an experience that's unrivaled. It's uh, far superior than club lacrosse because you're spending time with guys every day. Uh, there are kids in your school. There are kids in your community. There are kids you teach. There are kids you see in the hallways every day. Well, I'm a teacher. We seem to be losing you a little bit, Coach. I think it's a reverb from Mike a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to turn off. Uh, go on. I'll see if I could mute it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if you can. Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I'll. Sorry for the audio version of this. We'll see if uh, I can mute you. Yep. There we go. We got Mike muted. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Sorry about that. So I think there's there's something really special about high school lacrosse. I think uh, I love coaching high school lacrosse. I get to spend a lot of time with guys and work with their families. Uh, with that being said, I love and have loved my experience with the Juice Cherries, the Breakers. Uh, B-Lax years ago, I think club lacrosse is phenomenal. I've met a lot of great guys, Kevin Benajas being one of them, Sean Clemenstrude being another person coaching club lacrosse, L.C. Morshell with True coaching club lacrosse. I've met a lot of great people coaching in the summertime. And so I think the question is those two groups have to work together to leverage their resources. During the, during the spring season, I want to get my guys ready for the summertime, ready to win. Pardon me, I want to get my guys ready to compete. And then for those guys who want to play lacrosse in the summer, get them ready to compete at the highest level so they can eventually get recruited. Uh, so I think the two, when they work well together, it can be really successful. Uh, but when they're uh, fighting against each other, I don't think it works. Um, so, you know, in our region of the country, I think there, there has been some con contention between club lacrosse and high school lacrosse. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think it's great. Uh, and I wish people could work together a little bit better. That starts with people who run clubs and people who coach high school lacrosse. I think you have to acknowledge high school coaches can't do it all, uh, nor do I want to do it all. And I'm really happy if my kids are playing for a really good program in the summertime. It makes my life a lot easier. If my best guys or guys who want to play in the summer keep playing for really good club programs, that's a win-win. Um, 
So that's how I really feel about it. And I don't make and interesting. I've had this conversation before. I don't mandate that guys play for the cherries. I don't mandate it. Uh, one, because there are cuts. I can't guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I encourage guys to try out with that being said, if a guy doesn't want to play for us, I don't make him do it. Nor would I tell a guy on my team, you have to play for me that when people do that, I think that's irresponsible. I think it's uh, poor leadership. I also think it's, um, a conflict of interest. Now, if there's a kid who's good enough to make the cherries, I would encourage him to try out. Like, man, it could be a great opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. But I think my job as a head coach is to find opportunities for my kids who can't make this team to play in other programs. So I would never mandate that a kid play for me. That is totally irresponsible. And I'm, I get pretty disappointed when I hear stories about kids being forced to play for their club coach or their head coach who runs a club program. I think that is just unprofessional and it's professional misconduct. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that, you, you, I guess, in your region that the, some of the club and high schools um, have, I guess, been fighting. Like, why do you think that, like, why do you think there is this tension between high school and club? I saw a, a tweet by a guy who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and I don't think it was directed at anything I did because I've coached a lot of his kids. And he, I think, was concerned about programs starting that aren't, uh, their, their values aren't similar to the values of his program, and it was too expensive. And I get that. When a high school coach wants to start a summer travel program for his kids or kids on his side of the state, he should do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would encourage guys to do it. Uh, a lot of good high school programs in Michigan do that. But I think it's hard to ask a high school coach to really spend six to seven months out of the year doing it. I mean, that's difficult to do, uh, especially for a guy who may not be a teacher. If you are, maybe easier. Uh, but I think guys are trying to get all their kids playing together all the time. And I think for some programs that works. For others, I don't know if it works really all that well. Um, so if you want to try to do that, I think that's great. I think it's good for you guys to play together in the summertime. I would encourage it. But I don't know if I want to be responsible for coaching the kids in my program all summer finding events. Because at the end of the day, it's still going to be as expensive. I mean, I don't, you're saving some money. But I don't know how much money you're saving, and I don't know what kind of events you're going to go to, if those events are appropriate for your team. But I think that was the concern. Okay, how much does this cost? Are you getting good coaching? And um, do the values of those club programs are similar to our own, which I, I totally understand. Yeah. Do you think there's um, any concern from maybe high school guys? Because I've heard it in the past, like as far as like uh, maybe club programs, not like pulling kids away from their high school program. And we'll get, we'll get into this a little bit later with the possibility of, you know, a spring club team. But do you think there's – does any of that kind of play into coaches' concerns? For sure. I think if uh, this happened, we needed a, a face-off uh, kid. Last summer we had a guy who was hurt, and I had reached out to a friend of mine uh, to ask a kid who was in a program where he used to coach. And he asked his high school coach, and he said, if you, if you play for them, you're getting cut from my team. Told him straight up. Uh, and there was no conflict. He just didn't want him doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty disappointed. Um, so I think with people who have those conflicts, I always tell them, if your high school program has an event on the same weekend we do, you play for your high school program. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. But if you can swing it, we'd love you to play for us. We make sure our schedule is, far, is given to the kids in far in advance so they can plan accordingly. Um, and then they have to make decisions. If, you know, For example, uh, Brother Rice has a, a, a club program affiliated with the Black Grizzlies. And we don't have any conflicts with them. They do NHSLS, they do an event in Haverford, and there are no conflicts, and we've never had concerns. Um, and they, they've done a really good job of, we've done a really good job working together and making sure the kids can do both. And if they can't, we tell them, play for your high school program. But 
that's really about it. Yeah. Michael, how about you? Well, that's the uh, crux of what's going on here is uh, there are some coaches who say, do not play for this team because I want you to play for this. That's the problem. I'm coming from a parent standpoint, and I'm coming from somebody who knows a lot of parents from different programs across different areas of the city or or, or actually the Midwest. Um, So I get, let's just, for example, I get people who call me and ask me about juice cherries. Uh, Should my son play for juice cherries? And I'm just only going to use juice cherries because coach Garland's on the, on the call. And I say, here's what juice cherries is about. They are strict, strong. If you can't, if you can't listen, um, they're gonna they're gonna break you down. Uh, it's not about sugarcoating anything. I mean, literally, if you saw practice, you might say, "Oh my God, this, this my could my kid couldn't handle this." Well, that's perfect, but there are some kids who can handle it, and then some others might come there and say, "Oh, you don't want them." They yell at kids. Well, they don't yell at kids; they challenge kids. And there's different levels for each kid. And I always tell someone, fit the every team should fit your player. Mm-hmm. There might be a kid who's great, but he can't take being pushed. So play for X and X team. But I've always said, if you're going to play for a Coach Garland and you dog it in practice, well, watch. <laughs> I mean, I know Coach Garland. I've seen Coach Garland. I've seen Coach Kenny. I've seen coaches from other teams. You don't want to do this. It doesn't mean that's bad or good. It's just this is what you might want. Uh, So there is something that goes for every kid. What's right, what's wrong is up to you. Uh, I know what I put my child in. I know what somebody else puts their child in. But there's not a right or a wrong. There's a what fits my child or whatever. And then you might have to sit there and say, is this the one that's going to be best for him? Do I want my kid to be pushed? Personally, I want my kid to be pushed. I want him to be uncomfortable. I want him to go on. A lot of parents in this day and age, and I'm unhappy to say, don't like that. They like to be told how good their kid is, and he's going to be a player, and he's going to be a starter. And and honest to God, that's what started me doing this, because I'm like, not every kid's a D1 kid. Not every kid could play this, but there is a spot for your child. There's a spot on Juice Cherries, or there's a spot on whatever travel team, Resolute. There's a spot on Midwest Express or True or whatever. There's a spot for everybody, but you have to be honest enough with yourself to take it. And I don't I don't make sure that the team knows it. I think it's on to the parents and the kids. Uh, and that's the part that I always push. When people literally ask me, I said, you're not strong enough to handle that team. They might be a great player, but they're not strong enough to handle that team. Uh, there might be a kid who's not as good physically, whatever, but he's a grinder. And a coach like Coach Garland will say, I want this kid nine times out of ten. He might not be the most physically gifted, but he'll bust his butt. I want that kid. And there's different scenarios for each person to have so as far as the lacrosse travel across program goes it's it's so much it's almost like you have to see what what fits in and how you could 
how you could fit your own child. And again, I'm coming as a father. I'm coming as a parent. And I know what might work for other people. It just doesn't work for everybody. There's not... The thing that I can't stand is saying, if you play for this team, you're playing for the best team. There's no such thing as the best team. There's such thing as the best team for your child. You know, Chris... I know how you coach at Cherries. I know how coaches are at Resolute. I know that doesn't trans it doesn't fit to both worlds. I know how they are at True. I know how they are at Team One. There's a different philosophy. One kid might be great here, one kid might be great there. Doesn't mean they're not great. Doesn't mean they're not gonna go forward, but it's a philosophy. And that's the part about travel as opposed to high school, because you don't have a choice in high school because you're going to the high school and whatever that culture, that whatever that coach's culture is, is the culture. And unless you're going to quit the high school, which I never agree with, I hate it. I hate that whole, we're going to quit. You have to adapt. It might not be the right thing to do, but you know what? You might go work for a job in 20 years and the and their boss is bad, but you still have to do it. It's yep. the same thing as high school. We're not talking about lacrosse players going pro. We're talking about making children to men or women and becoming the future and handling adversity. That's that's the only thing. That's why I love sports is because we're training young young athletes that something might suck, but you have to chew it up, eat it, and go on and regardless that's what it is so you guys michael you mentioned obviously every kid has a has a fit and you know you, i guess fi- find find your fit but and we kind of touched on it a little bit but how do you guys kind of see the role is so is the role of a club program to get the kid recruited or to win tournaments like how do you guys see that that's i mean it really does, doesn't have to be exclusive to obviously yeah. everybody wants to win but you kind of get my drift do you want my do you want my answer first? Because I can give you my answer first. Go right ahead. If, you seem geared if up. I have if I have my kid in a club program and I'm paying upwards of let's say a thousand between a thousand, three thousand, four thousand, whatever the dollar amount is, is I want my kid to be prepared to go to the next level. I don't care if they win or lose. I don't want them to be dogs, but I don't care if they win. I talked to a travel coach this about a month ago, and he said, if every game we have is 6-6, I don't care who wins or loses, but we want to let our players show the best part of their playing game or whatnot, it's not about winning or losing. That's travel. That's club. High school, I want to win every single game. I want to put it on every – because high school is about winning and losing. Travel, we're paying – and again, I'm coming from a a parent – where Chris is coming from a coach and and a travel coach and a high school coach. I mean, he's got both angles where he might say, we want to win at the, at, 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 at uh, country day. We want to win, but he might say at juice cherries. I want to, I want to raise my players to the best. I, that's what I like coach, like coach Garland. He knows the balance between both. So I don't think when I go on a summer tournament with my kids, with my kid to Maryland, Long Island, whatever. I'm like, oh, they lost eight to three. I'm not going to go home and be bent out of shape. But I'm going to say, 
were there five college coaches that were watching on the sideline and saw you do what you're supposed to do? And they call you and they say, Hey, can you come and talk to us again? That's what I'm paying for as a parent. And, and I will say this for coach Garland, I have never seen you say we have to win or lose. And I will say this. I talked to coach Shannon Chuck from uh, the express program. And he said, we don't care about winning or losing. We want you to show your best. And, and I've talked to the coaches from Resolute. It's not about winning or losing. It's about showing the best. Because as far as a travel program, and, I'll, and Coach Garland might not say this, if you want to get more players, and if you're doing it to make money, and there's nothing wrong, and I've said this a hundred times, making money. It's not about, oh, Juice Cherries won 15 tournaments, and some parent might go, oh, my God, they win. You know what I say? Juice Cherries put 35 kids into Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, and they talked them into that and talked to the coaches. I don't care if they won a game. They put kids in college, talk to coaches, know coaches, know what it takes to go to the next level. And that's what I believe travel is for. High school is high school. Let's win. Let's 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 wear the Letterman jacket. Let's let's go, you know. Let's be the, the homecoming hero, although there's no homecoming for, for right. lacrosse players. But that's the, that's the fun there. Coach Especially, Garland, I was go say, ahead. Coach Garner, how about you? Uh, in club tournaments, uh, I don't care. If we, I mean, it, it's nice to win, uh, but the goal is to get guys assistance with recruiting. That is the bottom line. Uh, for example, you can tell me who won Crab Feast five years ago. Right. <laughs> It's just not important. Maybe Team 91, probably Team 91. But after that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the goal is to make sure guys are getting assistance with recruiting, playing their best in front of coaches, and playing at the most competitive schedule they can possibly play. I was talking to a father about this just this past week. He was talking to another dad about potentially coming over, and he asked, well, hey, you know, what tournaments are, are they? Are they have they won? And I said, you know, doesn't matter what tournaments we want. It would just matter our guys are getting assistance. And this dad's like, yeah, I better, I'm going to relay that to my friend because he's concerned maybe about winning tournaments. And so we don't, we, you know, it's nice to win tournaments. You know, we like winning tournaments, but if we don't, it's like, hey, our guys getting recruiting assistance. This could play well in front of coaches we spoke to. That that's what matters the most. And we want to get guys better. I mean, to just go to events it would be a waste of money. We have to get guys better over the course of a of our time together. But for high school. Like we are competing for something. Like there's a the score is kept on a scoreboard. It's put in a newspaper. You know, it's put on the school's website. You know, I'm held accountable for wins and losses and getting guys better. That is the bottom line. I am measured. The school we are measured by that W and L record. That's I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately or unfortunately, I, I mean, I would like to change maybe the conversation about that. And I spoke to my captains about not talking about the end result, talking about the process, getting better every day. But Mike's right. You know, club across tournaments. No one keeps score. Coaches aren't paying attention to the score. They're not. Unless you're playing really, really badly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some, parents, but, some parents keep score, though. And that's the problem. So. And, I, and I have that argument with them. Like, um, you're a team from uh, Ohio. You're playing Team 91. Did you expect to win? You're not like, going to Right. Like, hey, you played them. Let, right. As I like to say, you played Team 91. Just using them as an example, they have you know, 15 kids who are D1 players and they have five of the top players in the country at every age level, be happy you could play them. Because if coaches are coming to look at them, 
they might see your kid. For sure. And again, I don't I don't want to pump up Chris's, you know, Juice Cherries program, but they know they know certain programs. This team is legit. This team is legit. There are legit teams that are known. And that's the difference between uh travel programs in the Midwest. You know, you get a lot of stories saying, oh, they won 17 tournaments. And, and, and then I get a call from the dad like, well, what do you think of this team? They won 17 tournaments. They go, yeah, who'd they play? Right. I'm like, did they play? Have you ever heard of a team called the, you know, the Crabs? Uh, you know, Triple H? Have you have you heard of, you know, West Coast Stars or Sweet Lacks or, or, you know, any of these teams? Like, no, I never heard of them. I go, well, then you might not want to be this if you've never heard of them, this isn't for you. Exactly. Thank you. Doing this. Right. I mean, you're Save your money. I don't want to be as is 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 straightforward. I, I try to look. I try to let them make their own decision. But I'm like, if you're not in an NLF tournament, if you're not if you're not playing the top ten teams, Eclipse. I mean, there are top. There are ten teams. There are ten teams that you know at every tournament to go to, and. And I will tell you a personal story that when I was talking with a coach, uh, and, and and again, I'll be perfectly honest, my son played for Juice Cherries, and he played for the uh, white team, which is the, let's say, the, the Division Three team. Is that how we, is that how, like, there's a Division One player level, and then maybe players who could play for Division Three. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Some parents freaked out about it. Well, I know when he played certain teams and a coach would say to me, oh, he's a good player. He's playing against this team. I knew they weren't lying to me. I knew they played Sweet Legs and he played well. Like, oh, he's a good player. But if he played T-Winkle State or whoever it is, I'm like, I don't know if they're, you know, you know, is he any good? <laughs> like, right. and, and that's the difference. Uh, and again, and that's, that's the reason to pay. And, and I hate saying there's a pay to play, but it's the reality of life that you could pay someone. And I, and I keep, you know, I, I keep hating to say juice cherries because it sounds like I'm an advertisement. So I could say another team, but I could say you pay them to put you in the best tournaments. You don't pay another team to go play the jokers of someone. You're like, oh, they beat the jokers in the, in this. You're like, oh, they're nothing. You want to play the best to see if your child could handle the best. And again, why Coach Garland is on this show right now is he's also an honest person who will tell you, to some parents' dismay, your child is. I mean, well, you know it. Your child is not a D one player, and it's. There's a lot. There's a lot of children out there that aren't D1 players, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's a very limited amount of spots. I mean, I forget Absolutely. what the funnel is. I think it's what like less than a percent or two percent that go on to play D1. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's six percent now, of kids. But the thing is, is there's coaches who say your kid's a D1 player, and then when they don't make D1, they're like, oh, what the hell's going on? And again, I've just been through this in the last three three weeks because I'm getting a lot of call since September first, like. No one's calling my kid. And I'm like, well, why would you think they're calling your kid? Like, well, I've been told since he was 12 that he's a D1 player. And I'm going, why? 
<laughs> you know, I this is the thing that drives me crazy when I talk to parents, even for very good club programs, because while we went to the event and no one's contacting me and I and I asked this kid, did they know you were interested? He's like, oh, I didn't know I had to do that. Yeah, yeah because and I, it's this is, a, I think, a really important anecdote to share with you. Young man. Uh, played for played for me this past summer at an event or two. Used to play for us years ago. He played at one of the best high school programs in the country, bar none, hands down. Top top five program. Played for me. Uh, is a good player. Is a college level lacrosse player, and he went to Michigan's prospect day. And he's like, Coach Garland, can you call Coach Connery and get some feedback? And Coach Connery beat me to the punch. And I asked him, Hey, how did he do? He's like, You know what? Not interested. And that was it. And I called this kid back, and I, I told him we'll feedback. He's like, well, what did that mean? And I said, don't take this personal, because he has probably watched several thousand defensemen this summer. Several thousand. And he just didn't do anything for him. And he didn't say you were a bad person. He just said he's going in another direction. And it's just business. He wants to recruit the best team possible. There's a place for you. But, man... Had you had your ducks in a row a little bit, had we been a little more proactive, it could have been different, but you got to go in another direction. So that's been hard for kids, but also I think some club teams don't have a plan for their kids. And Mike's right. I am honest with people, and people don't like it, and people leave. People have emailed me, I am leaving, and I remember the email I got this past, this past summer, you don't value my ability as a lacrosse player. I'm like, well, I, and that's okay. And I, I get where the kid was coming from. But the thing was, his parents and I had emailed. We had similar lists. D2 level lacrosse player, which is no slight to him. He's a very good athlete. Would have been a great help to a lot of people. But they were upset that I wasn't reaching out to John Donowski and Kevin Connery and, and, and John Tillman. And, uh, you know, Joe. it's like, uh, that's not happening. I said, I'm not doing that because you can't play there. And I said, if you could, they would have already called me or they, they would have reached out to me or Jake or Derek uh, because these guys watch a lot of lacrosse. They see someone that's good or Ty Zanders would have texted me. Oh, man, this kid's really good, man. You know, he's, he's a nice player. I never heard him before. Tell me a lot about him. Or Matt Chanick would have asked me about him or this kid. But I said, they did not do that. And that's not personal. They're just like really good kids out there. You know, they, they just really are. And he's like, well, we're leaving. I said, all right, we wish you well. You're a great family. You've been with us for years. Well, I understand. Someone else will tell you the exact same thing I'm telling you, and you're not going to like it. Uh, they'll take, they'll cash your check first, but they will tell you the exact same thing I'm telling you. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and that's fine. But that's it. I mean, you know, some people don't like the truth. And I told kids, don't take it personally. It's not personal. Yeah. It's, it's not personal. I mean, I'm sure Coach Conroy had nothing. It, it wasn't. His strictly business, be like, just not interested. He's not wasting your time. He's not wasting the kid's time. He's not wasting the parents' parents' time. You know, leading him on to think for whatever reason, because he gets nothing out of it. He gets to move on. He's like, he's got his list. Like, I think sometimes maybe parents forget that, you know, the coaches, the college coaches, like, they have a job to do. It's their job. Like, and yeah. when I had Coach Zolchanik from Wagner on last week, he, he mentioned, he's like, this is what we do. He's like, this is our job. He's like, we are, like you mentioned, it's like, they are paid on wins and losses. They have to put the best players on the team for their program. They're not going to just 
recruit someone because we're like, you know what? I really like Coach Garland. He's a good guy. He says I should take this kid, so maybe I should take him. That's just not going to happen. Like there may be a way, there may be a kid that's on the line that they're like, oh, you know, we're, we're coaching, you know, a kid in Coach Garland's program and someone else's program, and they're like, you know what? Garland's always shot me straight. We're going to go with his guy because we're pretty close. But if we're talking, you know, like, hey, we want Brennan O'Neill and we got a shot at him versus someone else, like, this they're going to take, nice the, yeah, they're <laughs> going to take the very best player they can get um, because they are paid on wins and losses. Like that's that's what they have to do. Like they they can't. It's not a not an explicit podcast, but we'd say uh, uh, they they can't f around with with their with their yeah. stuff. They Michael, how miss. about you? Well, the, the whole basis of this conversation and the whole basis of the, the the podcast that we're talking about is the travel coach versus the high school coach versus who's better, whatever's better. Um, I don't think there's. I don't want to say there's something better or not better, but I think the the Typical high school Midwest coach isn't as, and I hate saying this, I'm probably going to get crucified for, aren't as sophisticated as the travel coaches. Now, okay, again, we have Coach Garland in front of us, and I'm not going to say this coach at so-and-so school is as good as Coach Garland. Well, Coach Garland was at Gilman School in Maryland. I don't know how many D1 players that he's matriculated through his program, but this school in Podunk, Iowa, hasn't done it. So they're going to call him for his expertise. Uh, and that's not a shame. That's not a, And if the coach from Podunk, Iowa is smart enough, he would get to know a Coach Garland. The funny thing that I have now is I get a lot of coaches calling me saying, can you promote my child? Can you promote my kid? Can you do this? And I say, do you know this coach? You know, you know, get to, I, all I want to do is make sure that all coaches get together because I think there's a, you might miss a kid from Iowa. He's not going to get, he might be a superstar, but no one knows him. But if that coach knows a coach Garland or a coach, Anthony Kelly from resolute or somebody else and says, Hey, or, or coach Andy K and says, Hey, put him on this team. You know, Coach K, like, for example, had Graham Bundy, who's the number one MIDI this year. He's the number one MIDI recruit this year. He's from St. Louis. You know, who would think the number one the MIDI from St. Louis is from St. Louis? So there is a thing like you have to almost swallow your – I don't want to say swallow your pride, but you almost have to say, I need help. And in the Midwest, you need help. You need help from someone who's got expertise. And again, I'm not saying I have expertise, but I know this. I know coaches who have called me. I've got a kid, and I go, call that coach. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not dumb enough to think I know everything, but I'm smart enough to know. Call that coach. Call that coach. That coach put some kid at Georgetown. That coach put a kid at Michigan. That if your kid is that good, they'll know because talent is always found. At the end of the day, talent is always found. On the flip side of it is the harder part, is your child is not as talented as you think he might be. And that's the hardest part to try to sell to a parent. And I get that all the time. My kid wants to play for Michigan, and I go, your kid's not good enough to play for Michigan. He's a 5'9 deep hole who's slow and not strong. 
He might be awesome at a D3 or a D2 school, but the the skill level of D1, which is probably one of the biggest things Midwest parents, and I hate saying it, they don't know how good you have to be. I mean, it's so frightening the level of how good you have to be. Uh, and I can even say this to Coach Gunn. There's kids on the Juice Cherries programs who've gone and played D1, and you're like, he barely made D1, but at Juice Cherries, he's a superstar. You're like, oh, my God, that guy runs through everyone. You're like, um, he's sitting on the bench for Georgetown or for Michigan or for Virginia. I mean, he's getting them there. They're going there. It's just recognizing it and being honest with yourself. And that's the whole issue of what we're talking about is understanding, being honest with yourself, being honest with your kids. And and as I keep telling people, it's not about the next four years. It's about the next 40 years. Uh, If my kid could go play, and again, I'll use my child as an example, and he's not the greatest player. He's a very small kid. But if he can say, play for, let's say, Bates, because I talked to the coach of Bates yesterday. I would give, you know, my left leg for my kid to play at Bates. I mean, let's let's go, you know. I mean, right? It's Bates. Um, I don't care if he played at Bates, but if he's on the team and that got him in the school and he's at Bates, I'm like, okay, you're going to be set for the next 40 years. You go to play at Bates. Uh, Now, some people might not even know what Bates is, and that's what I talked to the coach at Bates yesterday. People in the Midwest don't know what Bates is. I'll try to help. So that's the point of a coach like Coach Garland. That's the that's point of a travel program as opposed to a high school program. The high school coach wants to win, and Coach Garland is a high school coach too. He wants to win, and in a very competitive state, and there's a lot of chips on the shoulder in Michigan. There's a lot of let's beat this team, this team, this team, and he's got a lot of pressure to win that. But he also says, I'm going to get players – into these schools. He knows everyone, right? I mean, again, I don't like to toot toot your own horn, but I know you know everyone. And that's a reason why people go to see you. There's a, and and I'll do Anthony Kelly from Resolute. He knows everyone. You know, that's the, when we're going with, with lacrosse travel programs, do they win? I don't know. Do they know everybody? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other side of the coin i mean i think to put a kind of a fine point on what you said a minute ago as i I think it's i I kind of feel the need to say it i think everybody not even just in the midwest but just kind of everywhere kind of realized lacrosse is a a means to an end it is not the end um you know i mean i know the pol apparently had a lot of success this year but there's very few people that are going to get make a living playing any kind of professional lacrosse i mean you look at all the other major sports and the the pyramid of how narrow that funnel gets um and those kids like I go to your point, like if your kid can use lacrosse, because a lot of, you know, those admissions programs and the people, what they're looking at, like, you know, what are your extracurricular activities? Was your volunteer like, what is all the stuff they you know a lot of cross programs promote kids do? And the fact that you're doing lacrosse, like they look at that stuff and be like, we, we're going to give the kid that, you know, he juggled a, you know, his GPA might not be as high as another kid, but he did all the volunteer work. He played on the lacrosse team. He maybe played other athletics like that stuff can put you ahead of other players um, or other people, other um, students to get into those schools. So I think, you know, it's worth saying, like, people are looking, like, for whatever reason, I mean, it's 
we're not going to change anything. People are going to look at D2 and D3 however they want to look at it for whatever the reasons are. Um, D1 or bust is probably not going anywhere, but I think it's worth saying is like it, if it, lacrosse can get you to where your kid needs to be for the next 40 years, that's what you need to be focused on and not worrying so much about like, you know, he's going to go ride the bench at UNC for four years and, you know, you spent thousands upon thousands of dollars and probably sleepless nights stressing about, you know, how he played at a tournament or, you know, are you sending angry emails to the club coach because he wasn't getting a phone call from Coach Bresci on, on September 1st? Like, you know. Oh, we, we, got, we got too many of those this year. It was not a good <laughs> summer. It was rough, man. Oh, man, I thought people liked me out here. <laughs> not anymore. Those days are the salad days are over. They're over. Yeah, the the, the, the honeymoon is over. <laughs> like, all right, nah. it's over, guys. It's over. I mean, I got to tell you, the, the messages I get, I would, I wish I could show them, but I wouldn't throw people under the bus like that. Of people saying this coach is screwing me over. This coach is this, and I'm going. I could promise you, and the coaches they have told me, and I'm going. And I have to say to him, why would that coach screw your kid over? Because he would love your kid to be great because it makes him look better. An- like, they don't want to knock you down. They want to make you a D1 kid because then they say, I put another D1 kid. Uh, and you have to sit there and try to get that through the parent's head. And I go, you should thank your lucky stars that a coach might be honest enough to say this to you. And then when I then they say, well, what do you know? I go, I have a child. I appreciate the honesty of a coach saying to my child, this is what, now, everything isn't 100%. You know, Coach Garland might say, you're not a D1 kid, and that kid might become the best player in the world. I mean, I know you've had a kid at Cherries who you might have said not being great, and he's a, he's a superstar. But that's one in a million, almost. Well, that, and sometimes but, that's what drives a kid. I mean, what is it? They, absolutely. The story Michael Jordan get cut from his freshman team. Like, some people, that, that drives tell my, them. I tell my kid that every single day. Michael Jordan got cut. Michael Jordan was small. Michael, You know, and, and then you take it as And this. some coaches know that. Some coaches, like Coach right. Garland, I'm sure you know the kids that you can be a little bit tougher on because you know they're, they got a little bit of extra in them. They're like, they're not going to crumble to this. They're going to rise to the occasion. For sure. Well, some kids will crumble. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. The parents blame coaches. And, 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 and again, the information, the, the, the side calls and the, and the emails I get, I, it's almost overwhelming at this point. I'm going, it's not the coach's fault. It's not the coach's fault. It's not your fault. Like, it's not the parents' fault. I'm like, there's a level. Coaches, college coaches know what they want. And, and I'll be honest. I didn't know this maybe a year ago. But being so inundated with it since then and now, um, when they tell you, when, when a college coach tells you, there are certain parameters to start with. Like, you need to be this big, this fast, this strong, these kind of grades. Like, they all come together. And I'm like, okay, well, that narrows everything. You need a 3.5 GPA. You need to be 6'2 to play a deep hole. You need to be this fast. And I go, okay, well, that narrows down everything. It's not the end-all, be-all. But when I say to a parent, I'm like, okay, which one? If I give you 10, where does your child fit in? And they're like, two. I go, okay, well, then I, maybe you should temper your expectation. Not saying that it's not unreasonable, but temper it. You have a 5'9 kid who runs a 4'3'40 who's, 
who's not with great stick skills and he's got a 2.2 GPA, he's not playing for Ohio State. No. Yeah. Right? I mean, right? But he could play for, and I don't even want to say another school like it's falling into it, but he could play for a D3 school and get a wonderful education and get some sort of financial aid based on his grades, and that's what it's all about. And I always use my own child to parents when I say, my kid's not playing for Virginia, but he might be able to go and play at a D3 school and get some money because he's smart, and as I tell him, and play lacrosse to have fun. Like, why is that wrong? That's yeah. it's not. I mean, right. You know, I, it's, I, I think sometimes, too, when um, people start this process of playing club lacrosse and playing in the summer, you just got to know what you want. And if you want, and there are club programs in the state, one I'm thinking of in particular, this guy does a great job with his team. He's created a great atmosphere. He has great, great tailgates. He posts pictures of the kids, wishes them happy birthday. He's a very nice guy. And that's the environment he's created. He gets kids better. He's helped a lot of high school programs. And he's not what we are. And that doesn't make us better. I think it makes him great because he knows exactly what he is. He goes to local events. They participate in local events. They win local events. He's proud of that. He should be proud of it. He built the program himself. He's helping kids out. They have a fun time. That's that. There are other programs, too. They go to local events. Sometimes the kids go on to play Division Three NAIA. Nothing wrong with that. It's the best for those kids. Yeah. They have a positive yeah. experience. Uh, but they're not taking their teams to Crab Feast or Sweet Lax or NLF. They're just, that's not what they are and that's okay but if you want to play intercollegiate lacrosse i think there are a couple options for you like and if you expect uh and jake says this all the time uh if you think we're difficult wait till you get to the next level because it's because it's real for i mean we're we're, i think sometimes we're pretty i mean we can hold people accountable more you know i i think you know i think we're better than we were in the past um but, you know, I just think, man, if you can't handle this, you're not going to be able to make it. You're not going to make it. And there are guys who aren't fire and brimstone, but just the daily demands of it are so challenging. You've got to know what you want. And for guys who play for us, that's what they want. I got to tell you a story. So, Banajas and I coached the Under Armour team. And at the evals, we thought we had, like, we got a good team. Fun, awesome face-off guy. I forgot, I forgot his last name. I don't have it in front of me. He's an Ohio kid. Plays Resolute. Phenomenal. Blind. Max Kunath in the cage. We're like, we two really good goalies. Defense. Outs. Like, great defenders. Really good kids. Very good attack. We won one game. And I gotta tell you a story. There was a kid, a midi. I wanted him to play deep midi. I'm like, I'm like, you get up and get on the wing. He's like, I don't play defense from my high school. I don't know what to do out there. I don't know what to do. And Kevin and I looked at each other. We're like, I can't believe he just said that to us. We're playing. Like, we're up 3-1 against Long Island. We need this guy to take a run. Didn't want to do it. Mm. And I'm like, I look Kevin and I that that, that night. We're like, he's not going to make it. Like, he's not going to make it. And you could have the Maverick Showtime gloves. You could have all the attitude you want. But if you can't get on the wing uh, to play against those kids, the best kids in the country, and buckle up, you just – you're not going to make it. And you just got to figure out what you want to do with this. If this is worth your time anymore, because you can spend the money going to fancy showcases, but if you don't want to get your nose dirty, you're not going to make it. And we had a kid 
roll his ankle in a dynamic stretch. Rolled his ankle, rolled it, went home. And Kevin and I are like, what are we going to do? He's like, we got to call someone. We need a sub. Called a kid, came out, drove 10 hours from Michigan overnight, had more goals than the guys who made the team. He was the last guy we cut. Last guy we cut. And he plays for me. He plays for me. Last guy we cut. Called him. He's like, I'll come out. Had more goals than guys we kept. So I always tell kids, when one door closes, another door opens. Like, he couldn't predict a kid would roll his ankle and we call him. But I'm like, Kevin, do you want to pull a tree? He's like, might as well. Called him. Drove out. Scored a bunch of goals. Had a phenomenal tournament. It was great. So I tell kids all the time, like, you can't predict the future. There are unknown unknowns, right? But always prepare accordingly because you never know when someone's going to call and say, can you come out for this event? Can you play for us? It could be a shot for you, but know what you want and know who you are. Like Mike has always said, know who you are, know who your kid is. And your kid says, mom, I was a varsity on, I was a freshman on the varsity. You know, I love playing lacrosse. It's what I love doing. I'm a great student. You know, I want to play at the highest level. Go find that, go find that. But if you're like, you know what? I like playing with buddies. Uh, we all play for this team. And it's kind of fun. They're going to fun events and cool places. We're going to Colorado and we're going to Las Vegas. Like, play for that team. Do that. But Jake, Derek, and I are never doing that. <laughs> we're never doing it. If someone's like, let's go to a vacation tournament, we'll be like, you're cut. Like, don't ever suggest that. Like, you're get out of here. Like, that's strike two. One more, you're gone. Like, don't ever suggest that to yeah. us. Because that's not what we're, we're not going. Like, our families don't come with us because it's not a vacation not a vacation for us it is business yeah. like it's fun because we like spending we love spending time with each other their kids go my kid Pat, my son's too young to go out with me he's just too young it's too hot but he'll go out with me soon but and they go and you know what jake and derek's kids do they watch lacrosse all day in the hot sun and that's the deal and my son will do the same thing if that's what he wants to do yeah. but that's what we're about and some people listen and say that those guys are lunatics like you know that's not we're not for you we're not for you, and just know that, and that's okay. It's okay. But if you want to go to local events, have crockpot chili, work in your suntan, you know, hang out, like play cornhole, like that's cool. I wouldn't mind doing that, but you know, I'm going to compete. We're right. going to compete. And and I, and I think the whole point of this whole thing, Mike, uh, and what we started with the earlier broadcast was. What's the difference between high school? What's the difference between travel? What's the difference between this? Uh, I, you know, I, I think a lot of it depends on, A, where you are. But let's say the Midwest. Let's say the Midwest where I like to cover the most, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio. We have a expectation here. It's it's now pretty damn good. There are, there are teams in those four states that can compete with anybody. They're literally, they're, they, they might not beat them. But, you know, give me Brother Rice, give me Loyal Academy, give me New Trier, give me St. Ignatius this year is going to be a beast. And I know this. I'll put them any. Uh, St. X just beats everybody. Put them everywhere. They could play in any league there is. So it's we're caught up. I don't want to say we're caught up totally, but there aren't there aren't nine deep in Long Island that destroy everybody. There, there aren't. No. No. There aren't nine deep in Maryland that beat everyone. You put Brother Rice in a team in any school in Maryland, the ninth team isn't beating Brother Rice. The fifth team probably isn't beating Brother Rice. 
The fourth team might go head-to-head with them. Or Loyola, Nutrier, St. X. What a, we're there in the conversation. So it's wonderful to have that as far as the Midwest because you know that's what I care about. But then there's the whole other aspect of the travel program, which I think, and again, I hate saying it, I think it's more important to the to the kid, to the player, to go on to the next level. I think travel is the more important thing to move to college because I think the travel coach as a whole, and I don't like generalizing, but I have to say it, might be more sophisticated to go on to the next level. Your everyday average high school coach in the Midwest might not know the right coach to talk to, where a coach like Coach Garland, even though he's a high school coach in the Midwest, but he also was in Maryland at Gilman, uh, knows more people. Like, I literally talk to coaches all the time, and they bring up Coach Garland. Like, oh, you know Coach Yes, I know Coach Garland. Like, oh, he's something. But they don't say Coach so-and-so from this school doesn't. And I, and I can say, you should call Coach Garland. You should call, you know, and I'm going to use, I'm going to split it out to everyone. You should co- call Coach Kelly from Resolute. He'll tell you that they know this, but they're not calling Coach Jones from the D2 school in the middle of Iowa, or I keep saying Iowa because I don't want to, you know, because nope. well, because if I said Ohio, you know, I'm going to get 500 calls from Ohio people going, yeah, you were the best school ever. But it's true, like, you know, because that's the that's the case. Like, you can play for your high school, and it's wonderful. If you want to step to the next level, in the Midwest, it's a travel program, and I hate well, that, saying it's that general. That kind of, but it is. That kind of brings us to, I guess, the best segue. I kind of want to start wrapping up. We're kind of approaching an hour, but we really one of the, I guess, more interesting topics we talked about last time was the possibility of a, a spring club team um and i love michael i know you 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 weighed in the the last week but i would love to get coach garland's take on you know one do you think that is actually something that's feasible well we won't we won't get into actually whether or not it's going to happen but what do you think the feasibility of something like that actually being successful i i mean it, it could be if someone wanted to do it it could be successful uh and i'll tell you why i think there are you know, if, if you're playing for Kevin Benages, you shouldn't you should play for him. Like that should be the person you play for. So if he said, I'm doing a summer team, we're going to these events, I would trust my kid to play with him because he's just an exceptional human being, great coach, great person. But a lot of kids don't have a guy like that. Uh, they just don't. And um, if they want to play the next level, you're at a smaller high school, newer program, not a lot of kids. I don't blame them for doing that. I would be disappointed if kids from really good high school programs were opting out of high school lacrosse. Mm-hmm. That would be very disappointing, and I wouldn't like that. But I think if someone wanted to do it, you'd have kids who would do it. And just like what's happening with club soccer in the United States, right? We, we won – Country Day won the state championship in soccer last year. Five guys stopped playing to play club soccer. Five. Half of the starters stopped playing now that was disappointing and I, I, because their club coach said they couldn't do anything now i would never tell a kid that i was like play for your high school there are two kids in our program they go to byron center high school it's a small high school on the west side of the state they just lost the coach and he stepped down good but those 
will the players across are going to play in college. One's going to win it, one's going to be a Hold on, hold on, Coach. I got to mute you, Mike. Your background's drowning them out. Go ahead, Coach. Sorry about that. Am I? Am I? Yeah, I can't figure out if I'm hitting the right button. I, I are can, we good right now? I can now? take care of it from my end. All right. Sorry, so Coach. I would, I would never. I would have told those guys to stop playing because they take pride in their high school. That's their community. And if they stop playing, that would hurt their high school team. I I would never endorse that, uh, but I could see it being feasible and very profitable for someone if they said, you know what, don't play for high school, play for me. We'll get ready for the summer. We'll put all the time to get you ready to be recruited. I could see someone doing that. I think that would be the the death knell for the cross in some parts of the country. It could be over. Yeah, you just wouldn't see the. Growth. I, I have a guy that covers high school lacrosse. He's done it for two or three decades now. But I, I know with uh, soccer, like a lot of it's. Um, on the development academy, a lot of those top guys will go play for the development academy with the hopes of obviously yep. playing for the national team. So, and it's a little bit different in soccer because each area of the country, like it's not like lacrosse where every state plays soccer in the spring. Like some, you know, I know like Texas and some of the those states they play. I think in the winter they play from like a November to February or March, and then I think Florida plays in the fall. Like Maryland plays in the spring, so like it's a little bit different too. Like there's actually teams they can play. Um, in those different areas because, you know, Maryland might play in the, they play in the fall. So they're not doing anything in the spring. So it's, I think it's a little bit easier for a sport like that when it's not consistent around the country. Um, in terms of, you know, I guess my question is who would they play? Like, so everybody plays lacrosse in the spring, like all the States that play lacrosse, they all play in the spring. Like who would they play? And Michael, we'll get to you after this. Cause I know you kind of weighed in last time, but I'd love to see coach Garland. Like who, who do you think? So, if, and I don't want to give anyone any ideas. I don't want them to do that. <laughs> you know, that would be like the worst possible thing I could do. But I feel like I'm going to be honest. You know, if, if you wanted to do that and you wanted to get guys better and you wanted to take them away from the high school program, the only way it would really be practical and you'd get guys better if you were to say, we're going to just do box and we're going to go to Windsor and we're going to go play the walls. Red Devils, and we're going to go to Canada, and we're going to have box here. We got a rink that would actually help guys in the summer. To be totally honest with you, uh, that would be probably more beneficial for some guys to play bad high school lacrosse. But you've got to know how to coach box lacrosse. You know, I was, you know, I, <laughs> I applied for a grant when I was at Gilman years ago to study the French and Indian War and watch box lacrosse. It was awesome. So I was in Canada with my family. I, I would we, with my kids. We were in Toronto, GTA, and we do be doing the history stuff during the day. And I would go talk to box lacrosse coaches. I'd go watch games. You name it, I saw him play that summer. I, I did. I spent a ton of time talking to coaches and players and watching the game, breaking down film. Uh, and I and I learned from John Rosa and our our guys who coach box here. And so you know, I would never do that to high school lacrosse. But if you would could if you wanted to do it, that would be the way to do it. But again, I hope no one does that. Yeah. Michael, do you got any? I know you weighed in last time, but do you got anything to, to add or any additional thoughts? Yeah. So I do have something to add. So since the last time we had this conversation, and I said, I'm a useful idiot, people send me this stuff to float this out to the public to see how it will go. And I'm not afraid to be the useful idiot because I like to see how it goes. Sure. So after the conversation we had last time, which hasn't aired yet, but I was called afterwards, what did they say? What did Coach K say? What did Coach Benazi say? And I will say this. Both of them came up with wonderful answers, like things that I couldn't And they're now going, 
we're not going to start it this year because they go, we can't a spin it up. That'll happen by this year. Like they're like, who can we play? We can't play like, and if they ever went against us. So when I, you know, when they, when they thought they could play like a Culver or an IMG or a Salisbury and I said, okay, maybe they'd play you. But if they were getting pushback from another school, they might not. I go, but are you that good to play them? Like, so you want to go play Culver, they beat you by 50. I mean, because I will tell you, Culver would make an example of teams and beat you by 50. They don't They don't slow down. They sit there and say, we're going to make an example of it. Salisbury, same thing. IMG, same thing. So I, the call I got after that was, Maybe we don't spin this up this year. So I sort of laughed about it. Like, oh, you you sort of, you, you overthought it. Good idea. Uh, right. That's what I, but the other angle I got from another team, and this Coach Garland, you could you could uh, talk about this, was St. John's Military Academy in Wisconsin, who is trying to become they're they're gonna start a new program or build their program uh, with the Culver model we're going to recruit kids it's a wisconsin uh military school which again i'm all for the more the more uh kind of people you could draw to the midwest again i'm that's my thing you could you know give me another culver give me another culver in the midwest give me in in in, uh wisconsin as i told the coach it's a lot easier said than done you know coach posner's got a pipeline to canada where you know, it's Canada, uh, Culver, Denver. I mean, it's it's just boom, boom. But then I asked one of the coaches, and this is specifically to Coach Garland, uh, because I don't know the rules, but Coach Garland is at a country day school. Yep. Could you spin it up and try to get a team like, um, like a Culver? Could you get out of, say, the Michigan Athletic Association and say, we're going to we're going to draw kids from here, 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 here. We're going to go with the best team. We're not going to play in the Michigan Association. We're going to play the Salisbury's. We're going to play the IMGs. We're going to play the Hill Academies in the because because again, I don't know how it works at your school, but you do have I don't know if you call it a boarding school, but it's close. Could you do that? Could you? I mean, high schools in Michigan aren't allowed to play Culver or Hill, right? We would not. Could you, could you opt out of the high school I, thing and say we're a boarding school? Yeah, I think if he means if you left your state, if you were like Detroit Country State, it was like you guys are leaving the state association. You're no longer, yeah. so you can't play for a state championship anymore. You just remove yourself from from that. I think that's what he means. Yeah. So I would not want to do that. Okay. Well, and you're the coach. Yeah, I I don't think that that would be healthy for kids to play a national schedule if we're a country day school. Um, I, I also have two kids. I don't want to be a waiter in spring break. It's challenging enough to have Saturday games or Tuesday night games. I don't, and I don't think that's a good model for us to opt out. Now there are concerns. I think independent schools have in public school state associations or just state associations in general, because their rules are made. And I, I want to be, I think circumspect with what I say to maintain competitive balance and support educational athletics. 
And there have been in the past incidents where the state associations have been concerned that some schools are going further away from the educational athletics model. And I think that's appropriate to have that conversation. So I think to maintain competitive balance, pursue higher goals, that's, I don't think I'd want to do that. You know, I would love, now, I even don't even play people out of state anymore because the games don't count when there's when they're seeding uh, for the playoffs. So I don't play anybody out of state. Someone wanted to play me, meet me halfway, meet from Minnesota, Illinois. I'm like, why would I do that? It doesn't count. It would be a scrimmage. I'm not driving five hours to scrimmage you. Like, why would I do that? Yeah. I mean, I'd play Banaji's because I, he's one of my great buddies, but it wouldn't count. You know, and I don't know if he wants to drive a couple hours to play a game that doesn't count. If you got four people to meet halfway to scrimmage, I'd do that. But, I, I mean, it wouldn't be worth our time to play each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, for any school that's currently in a state association. I can't imagine the logistics of actually opting out of that. Like, there's so much momentum there oh. for a school with the history of your of Detroit Country Day to be like, oh, we're just going to leave because we really want to turn our lacrosse program to a national powerhouse. Like, I can't imagine that's one not going to be something they would anybody would just do in a year. Like, that would be a long term process. I mean, well, I don't know how takes, long it, it took takes. It takes donors. Yeah, I don't know how long it took Culver to. Because, I mean, obviously, Posner has a few Indiana State championships that they won, but then that program, I don't know if they left or they just spun up a, you know, the, the next one, but they don't compete in the state championships. So, I mean, but they had a goal. Like, that was what they wanted to do. I mean, Coach, correct me if I misspeak here, but I know the MIAA in Maryland, they obviously they don't compete in the state association, but they do kind of adhere to some of the rules. That's why they're still able to play the public schools and stuff like that. Like, they, they uh, kind of agree. It's like that gentleman's agreement. <laughs> They don't need. There, there are very few rules in that league. Yeah. Man, let me tell you. I, I mean, you know, I I could go on about how how there are rules, but no one follows them. Are you kidding me, man? That's like it's the wild, wild west in that league, brother. It is out of control. I mean, I mean, honestly, that league is a trip because um, there are people who. I mean, there are people who run college lacrosse programs. They're full time lacrosse programs. You know, they practice year-round, full-on practices. You know, you could drive by one day, like, oh, they're just 45 guys getting up and down, you know? Uh, it's wild. I, I just, man, that, that league is something else. I mean, you could write a book about it. It is a trip. Um, but you're <laughs> right, Mike. Um, I agree 100%. We're in a state association. I have respect for the people, what the people do in the state. They do a great job. We want to play for the state championship. That means something. Rivalries mean something. Cranbrook, Rice. FHC, EGR. I love playing Brighton. Um, people I like playing against. You know, Lake Orion. I, I would love to beat their head coach. Uh, love to love to beat those guys. They're a big public school, and we're we got 350 boys. Lake Orion's got 2,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, whenever uh, Michael kind of floated that, I guess I don't know if it's the idea or the you know the thought experiment. I guess maybe is a better term for it. But you know, I I, I think about like the. Hargrave Military Academy, Montrose Christian out of Maryland, Hargrave out of Virginia, like Finley Prep out of Vegas, like those really are. I mean, those are basketball programs. They're they're Division One powerhouses basically. I mean, they could probably beat some of the college programs out there. But I mean, that's what they do, and they don't participate for state championships. They they go on to a national tournament and stuff like that, and that's what they do. But then again, there's enough of them that. They've all, like, that's what they do. And I know there's a, a contingent in Maryland that's kind of talking about doing the same thing with some of the other states' programs, like some schools that don't want to play them anymore. St. Francis out of the MIAA has become so dominant in football. Um, for 
quick rundown of whatever happened. Like, basically all the schools in the MIA, I think last year, they refused to play them. They were like, we're not playing St. Francis anymore because they were getting beat too bad. And so they were taking, like, they all had to take forfeits because they didn't want St. Francis. You get some occasions that stuff like that happens, but, I mean, they're still in the MIA. They didn't leave. Um, I've heard rumblings of something else happening down there that may change that in one fashion. But, I mean, that takes a lot of momentum, even for some of those schools to do that. So, I guess uh, we've been going over an hour, so, like, any, any final thoughts or wrap-ups for anything that we kind of that you're like, oh, I know, I have thought of this. You're, Michael, you're you muted, you reversed it. You're muted now. <laughs> there you go. I'm, so I'm good now. Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Yeah. Well, the whole thing that started this whole, whole, you know, Mike, Mike, you and I talking about it was the issue of somebody starting a travel program instead of high school, uh, which, like I said, as it's going on, I've been told like, oh, it's not feasible right now. Uh, and then I was specifically asked about a school like. Detroit Country Day, if they would do it, and who would they play? Uh, because I've talked to the the new coaches of St. John's Military Academy, which I've told them, I'm all for you doing what you want to do. Uh, you were given a mandate. You were given people who were uh, uh, offered money from your, from your alumni. We want to be, let's quote, unquote, Culver. And I said, I will promote you. I will give you. I said, but I, here's what I don't want. And I told them, and, and I got a lot of calls from people in the area, like, you can't recruit kids from every school in the area, make yourself a super team in Wisconsin, and then compete for the Wisconsin State Championship. And I said, that's Bush League. You can't do it. You can't sit there and say, oh, we're doing this, and then and then be the, the king of the, uh, you know, be the valedictorian of summer school. You can't. You can't beat everyone by taking everyone. I said, if you want to step up to the big leagues, I will call coaches for you. I said, I will. I told him, I will call. I will call the MICDSs. I'll call New Trier. I'll call Loyola. I'll call the schools in Ohio. I'll call the schools in Michigan and see which ones will take you. I know some schools that will do it just to almost make an example of you. I mean, there are some schools, some coaches are like, if you're going to do this, I'm going to put a beating on you. I know Coach Posner will sit there and say, you're, because he'll take it as a, a threat. Like, oh, you're going to take my kids and drop 50 on you. Like, and keep scoring. Uh, I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Coach Shala from Brother Rice. Oh, you're going to do, like, he might sit there and say, I'm going to show you a little something. But I don't have a problem with that. If that's what gets you in it, that's fine. I have been against the... The like the the hockey, we're gonna go on our own thing. That's the part that I've been against, uh, right? Because it's lacrosse in the Midwest, and it doesn't need it doesn't need that. There isn't enough talent yet, but I do think, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that lacrosse could be a huge sport in the Midwest. There is so much talent, athletic talent. It just takes the skill. It just takes the. Um, the professionalism of coaches, and I think the only thing that we're missing right now in the Midwest isn't the skill, isn't the talent, is it is the coaching. I mean, I think my, my uh, spit take on this whole thing is I think people are trying to they're, they're looking for the the fast food version of getting their kids recruited. Like, right? It's 
you, you don't all of a sudden like there. I mean, as we've talked many, many times, like there's, you know, coaching high school is challenging on many levels, you know, depending. And when you start throwing in parents in there, you know, it can be that much more challenging. Coach Carlin, we'll leave you out of that. We're not going <laughs> to we'll put you on the spot. But, you know, it's one of those like it takes time. I mean, guys like Garland, they, they don't come around every day. They got to bring up the next crop of kids who you've put through Detroit Country Day. They've gone to college. They have an interest in coaching. Then they come back and coach. And it takes you. It's almost like that feeder program. They got to go up and they got to learn the system. And then they branch off and then they go to other schools in Michigan and Ohio. And then it all starts, you know, it all starts over again. Like it's one of those things like it just takes time whenever sports are still. And I mean, let's not forget, like lacrosse is still a fairly young sport in many, many states across the country. Like, you know, not even just in the Midwest, but in other areas across the country. And I don't think there's like a, there's not a fast lane to get like, oh, we're all of a sudden going to be a Midwest powerhouse because we're going to spin up um, a spring lacrosse program. Because then again, you're going to run shows like, who are you going to play? And, you know, that that being aside, like, I think it's one of those, like, if you just give it time and those kids continue to play, like, these programs will crop up. And then, you, I mean, Brother Rice is already there. You know, Culver, people can debate whether or not they're a true Midwest team or anyway. But, you know, it's one of those, like, they still play in the Midwest. It still brings a profile of kids in the Midwest and play or teams in the Midwest. And, I mean, Brother Rice, obviously, new Trier, San Ignatius, I think, I agree with you, is going to be fantastic this year. I mean, I think you're just going to see it. It's going to continue to grow and be more prominent and i just don't think there's a there's not a shortcut to it like it's just it's just going to take a little bit of time and unfortunately some of the people that have juniors and seniors you're probably not going to see it get there <laughs> in that kid's time right. but that doesn't mean like i've talked to enough coaches almost every coach is telling me is like you know that whole you know not being able to get seen or noticed out of other areas of the country that's kind of gone like we live in a technological technological age in which kids can get seen and they can get out there um they can get in front of a coach. They can get, you know, the notice of a coach in other ways. Like it's not all of a sudden you'd necessarily have to get to Baltimore six times a year in between in the summer to to get notice. So, I mean, that was kind of my, my quick take on, I'm like, I think someone's just trying to, they're looking for the fast lane to get their kids into a, a D, probably a D one school. I'm guessing I've no Michael, you probably know, but that's my guess. Um, and I'm not going to ask you to confirm nor deny that but that was kind of my take on it. i just think i'm like you know let the sport grow it's gonna have growing pains i know we talked about the state association with you last time the sport is, it's got its growing pains i hear it. florida's having their growing pains even though it's much older there like it's been, been doing it for many more years down in florida and like they're still experiencing growing pains like there's very few states that have it locked in with no problems at this point. And, you know, even some states that are still growing, like Maryland, New York, those are probably very mature states. But a lot of the other states, they're they're still adolescents. They're still going through those growing pains. They're still figuring it out. Yes. Well, I know Coach Garland has issues with the state associations, and I understand his point with it. He's not against the state association. Right. He's against that it might be – uh, working against the growth, and I agree, and it's, I think it's been that way in in all the states. It's it's sort of bureaucracy versus growth, and there's and there's financial responsibilities versus growth. Now, the one thing I want to say and I want to bring up was the uh, Ohio High School State Athletic Association, the OSHA or is it OHSA. Um, lacrosse was the only revenue generator. For spring sports, all that, right? 
And I liked, and I know that, and, and, and lacrosse in Ohio has a bigger participation rate than New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And I know what, what how Ohio goes will go the Midwest. Uh, Michigan people, I apologize for saying this to you, but it's true. There are, it's deeper in Ohio than it is in Michigan at this point. Doesn't mean they're better. But when you see Ohio making money off lacrosse, that is the catalyst for everyone else. They make money off lacrosse. When you start telling a school in Ohio that they can make money, then Michigan can make money. Illinois can make money. Indiana can make money. That's what we need. To athletic directors, they care about the bottom line. They don't care about, oh, this lacrosse thing. They don't care. They care about if they're making money. And I've always said it. There's no reason why lacrosse can't be a Friday night light situation in the spring. There are stadiums. There are open things. Why not have it on a Friday night? Charge your thing. Make it a big party. Make it a big thing and do it. Because it's that kind of a sport where it's fun, where you can have, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've been to Brother Rice versus Detroit Catholic Central. And that's as and that's as much as a party as any football game I've ever been to. It's almost probably too much so. Like it's really unhinged sometimes. But I sit there, I'm like, God, if I could bottle this, I could bottle it. If you see a Saint X versus a, a Archbishop Moeller, I go, This is a money like they were in Nippert Stadium at University of Cincinnati. That's the that's the issue that at now I go to. I go, let's get let's try to make lacrosse in the Midwest, in the high schools, that type of scenario. Uh, a party, a, a tailgate. Let's tailgate beforehand. Let's go there and cheer and and have this because it lends itself to it. And if you make money doing it, that'll make everyone happy. Uh, and then if you do that, you get more, then the parents will be happy. Oh, there's coaches looking at my children. I mean, because that does it all. I, again, it all sort of helps itself out. You know, maybe it's my dream or that's maybe I'm just being crazy, but I do see that could be able to happen. Uh, and that's the goal that I've set out to do. That's why I'm on a podcast. That's why I'm writing articles. That's why I'm going to games because I'm trying to make people aware of it because it's a fun sport. It's fun. It's literally a fun game to watch. And... It's another opportunity for people to play, another opportunity for kids to get involved. I love seeing young people get uh, challenged with athletics uh, because I think it's very wholesome for them to grow as, as a people. I, I'm i not even a teacher. Coach Garland's a teacher. He, he will tell you this kind of thing. For me saying that, I'm just some schmuck saying, oh, God, I think it's important. Uh, but I do believe it's important. I do believe that this could happen, and that's why I promote this for the Midwest, and I'm not even saying just Midwest, South, East, West. I, I believe it, um, and that's where I stand on it. So I think it's wonderful. I think it's great, and I want to push it. And And the growing pain that we're going through right now is you're starting to see the ugliness of sports where parents are saying, we hate the coach, we hate this, we hate that, and I want to say, let's push through that. Let's push through the, let's go private, let's go pl cub, club, let's do this. The, the beauty of high school sports is the beauty of high school. 
as I've said a hundred times, no one has sat in a bar 20 years later and said, hey, remember when we beat that club team and so-and-so? But they say, hey, remember when we beat St. Ignatius or we beat Detroit Catholic Central or we beat Loyola Academy? Like, I played hockey for Loyola Academy. Whenever I remember beating New Trier or Mount Carmel at the time, which was a big thing. Like, remember when we beat Mount Carmel? That was awesome. That's the beauty of sports in high school, and that's the thing that I want to push without being so much of a Homer, goofy (laughs) schmuck. (laughs) You mentioned party. We're going to let you get back to yours that's going on in the background, Michael. Um, But before uh, we do, Coach Garland, I know everybody loves following you online. Tell me once again where they can find you online. I mean, disclaimer, uh, if you don't like the Jets, the Knicks, just – Hit the don't follow button. Hit the mute button. Coach Garland won. Uh, love talking to you guys. Also, John Kenny. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be there, but they're having the high school lacrosse coaches Hall of Fame induction. The best high school coaches that there have ever been. Guy Witten, Bobby Shriver, Joe Cuzo, uh, Doc Doherty, Mike Masser. Uh, that's going to be on Long Island. Uh, John is uh, the lacrosse coach on Twitter. Uh, reach out to John if you want. You should, Mike. You should probably be there. I mean, the, well, I think he said ten thousand wins yeah, uh, in that room. Insane amount of wins that they've got. That uh, hall, hall of Fame classes is nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, like I mean, it just um, the impact. And John said this to me. He says, "Think about the impact those men have had on the game of lacrosse." And I said, "They've made a sense. They've made the game. The kids who played for them, who are coaches." Yeah. The kids when they coach are the best players we've ever played. So the people in that room are foundational people in our sport. Uh, I wish you could be there, but man, oh, how special will that be to be in that room? Yeah. New York State champions, Bobby Shriver, Guy Witten. That is, uh, oh, the coach. I don't know. I, I forget the other names, but it's like uh, I wish John Kenny would put it out there on Twitter. But I hope you, I hope you're there. But that's really special. Uh, that's really important. Yeah, that I'll, I'll send a link. I think I have the email um, from them about the Hall of Fame class. But it's it's a it's a nuts class. Like just to look at the names and you talk about you know how much they've probably forgotten about the sport um, collectively. I just to be a fly on the wall to see that group just talking lacrosse and how they see it. I mean. I've I've had Mike Masser on the podcast before, and he is a no holds barred kind of guy. Former Marine, he is he does not he does not hold back. And uh, anybody who saw is like, and I know he's a polarizing thing. Like I've had people message me about you know the fact that he's even atop the wins list, as if I would have something to do with him being being there. Um, but that, that's neither here nor there. Like I will link to the that Hall of Fame class because it, it is pretty amazing. Michael, where can people find you online? Oh, we got you muted. Hold on one second. Can I mute you? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, this it's been a little weird. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at mfwchi. Uh, you can email me at mward at laxrecords.com. Uh, and then you can find all my information. I, I, I my phone number, I believe, is on there. People have called me. There's been a lot of communication lately, and it's been great. Uh, oh, they've called me. I've get a lot of calls, not, and, and, and I don't mind. You will not find my phone no, number online. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody, I, I have not had one person be bad with me. I've had a lot of parents call and whatever, which I love about this community. I do want to say John Kenny is one of the greatest people I've been around just watching him coach, where he's been, so, and again, personally, he's been so good to my son. Like he would pull my son apart and be like, 
don't go, don't go, go. And he would push my kid, and I would say, just follow him around all practice. Wherever he stands, go stand next to him because he's forgotten more than probably every coach standing around has ever learned. So that he's a wonderful guy. Um, other than that, again, Twitter, email me, podcasts, whatever we're doing. I love talking about it. Mike, you know it. Coach Garland, you know it. And uh, it's 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 just that. That's it. And by the way, the party I'm having, it's Carmel's homecoming tonight. That's what's going on in the background. So, yeah, so they just I, took the, I saw they just took the lead. I saw I saw the parade on Instagram earlier today. So oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of bl- like, lot of blue and gold. Right. There's nothing like seeing a high school thing in the Midwest where there's 5,000, 6,000 people and it's crazy. It's like nothing I'd ever experienced in Chicago. Yeah. So it's, well, I met my wife and I love Carmel. And the last time we were there, you could tell, I think it was the basketball team had reached the state championship game and every place right. downtown was blue and gold. It, it was, it reminded me somewhat of the uh, Friday night light scene when they're driving through the town oh, and everybody's nice. got their sign in the window, like gone to the game. That's what it reminded right. me. Everybody had that, that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a great sports town. You can tell whenever the community you know, loves their teams. Win or lose, they love their teams. That's great. The Carmel just they, they win a, a lot. Maybe a little too much. But. <laughs> That's another podcast. All right, gentlemen, right. you have a wonderful evening. Enjoy your Friday nights.